0: This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility, and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth, we let you be you. We're talking COVID anxiety and relationships. Janine specializes in both individual and relationship therapy. And I have to say welcome back Janine Bull. It's great to have you back. Thanks Ilana. It's good to be connected. There's so many things that I want to discuss around emotions, what we're feeling at this time. And now we've had time with our partners and our spouses, our children have been home for a very long time. Some of us are enjoying it and some of us are not enjoying lockdown. It's not nice to be close to people the whole time. Uh, we're away from work. We're away from some of our family members. Why are some of us enjoying it and others are feeling, I feel trapped. I'm, I'm in lockdown
1: yes I think you you're naming something that's very real, and as you say it's very different, different for everybody every every unique person i suppose has a different experience. This can to some extent be attributed to different circumstances, which I'm sure you've noticed, and I've certainly noticed that they're different different circumstances young children, older children, locked down alone or you know in a family all of these will create Um, some circumstantial differences. But I think as you were speaking, what came to mind is this idea of needs. People do have different needs. We know that. A very helpful model that I always go to in my mind when I'm trying to look at needs is a very simple model that almost divides all our needs into two different categories. So we could say it needs for attachment or needs for autonomy people have different needs in this regard and will be experiencing nice feelings or not so nice feelings depending on their needs. I'm actually wondering if it would be helpful for us to to look at almost like a generic family so not a real case example but if you and i had to imagine a typical family in lockdown it might be easier to understand needs.
0: so i wanted to ask around that because i'm interested in the fact that you said uh, needs attachment and then the other one that i'm not familiar with which is did you Need say autonomy, autonomy.
1: Yes. yes so if i had to describe it in terms of of people so if we had a typical couple let's call the lady amanda right. and we'll call the husband liam okay Obviously we all as human beings born into the world and we've got what I'm going to call instinctual needs. So we come into the world with these needs. So both Mm -hmm. Liam and Amanda came into the world with these instinctual needs. Mm -hmm. The one being around attachment because essentially we herd animals, we want to be connected, we want to belong and we've Mm -hmm. got feelings that pull us in that direction. But on the other hand, we also have needs for autonomy, for individuality, for uniqueness. We want to right. grow and express our uh, difference. So let's imagine that Amanda came into the world and it could be personality and it could be circumstances, our unmet experiences, unmet needs in childhood leave us with injury. So maybe loosely we can call it attachment injury perhaps amanda had some attachment injuries which means that some of her needs for attachments were frustrated when she was little and it left her with sensitivity around attachment so she Mm -hmm. feels very strongly about wanting to be connected to the people that she loves now she might be having a wonderful time in lockdown because (laughs) what has she got she's got liam around Mm -hmm. her all the time she never needs to wonder where he is or what's going on Because he's right there and then the children, she doesn't worry about them. She doesn't get anxious because they're right close to her. They're just in the room next door. Mm -hmm. So she's having good feelings. She's feeling happy. She's feeling bonded. She's a lot more relaxed, a lot less anxiety and, of course, we can't forget that she doesn't have to beat the traffic. She doesn't have to get dressed. She doesn't have to worry about what she looks like. She can slop around in her gown all day if she wants. A lot less stress for her, and so she's comfortable. She's relaxed. Wow. Liam, on the other hand, might have a different experience. So if we say that Liam is the sort of guy that perhaps... Some of his needs for being autonomous and for being independent and free-spirited was a bit inhibited as a child, which would be natural because we do tend to have to inhibit some children. They can't all just do what they like. But maybe he, by personality or his experience in childhood has left him with sensitivities around independence and freedom. So he's the sort of guy that likes to get out and about, and he loves his performance noticed by others, and he likes to get acknowledgement. And perhaps he's also in a managerial job, which is very sort of people-orientated and a lot of variety and a lot of conversations.
0: Mm.
1: He, on the other hand, is struggling in lockdown because he's not getting out and about, and he's not dialoguing with many people. He's not getting acknowledgement. He's not being noticed by people in the way that he is normally noticed. That would be an example of him struggling. And of course, then these are normal feelings. This isn't strange to any of us that we have these feelings coming up and we then have to normally regulate them. So Liam might get stressed at work, but then he goes for a run. Now he's not getting out and he's not managing to go for a run to help him cope with these difficult feelings.
0: Mm. I love how you've created this call it a couple with children and they are so different and I could see myself in the Amanda character for instance because I have all these feelings of security having my children around and I actually joked with a friend earlier where I said I haven't called my husband in a month and a half because he's been around me the whole th- and to me this is this is you know in Afrikaans we say fierce to look you know I, I'm enjoying having them close to me and having them here on the time but I can't help but think that If our needs are so different, we have the two partners or the spouse that, you know, the one enjoys the attachment, the other one is so different. And his way of regulating has been taken away from him. He can't go to the gym. He definitely can't run to the shops for retail therapy if that was his thing. He can't be outdoors. He's he's in the house in lockdown. So surely there's going to be conflict. Definitely.
1: So you're absolutely right. There will be conflict. And we firstly need to remember, of course, that conflict in and of itself is not the problem. It's the way we conflict that's the problem. There's a very well-known researcher by the name of Gottman, and he's done research on couples and their relationship over many years. So he's followed a couple for sort of two, three, four decades. And he's got a grouping that he calls his master couples. And he says quite emphatically it's not about the absence or presence of conflict but it's the way the master couple conflict that's the issue. So, for example, we must conflict, but conflict nicely. Mm -hmm. That way we don't criticize each other, we don't put each other down, no name-calling, respectful. Can we leave the conflict with our feeling of each other still intact? Were we still feeling okay about ourselves? That's how we want to leave the conflict.
0: You just reminded so, me of of a podcast that we did, also with Janine Bill, So if you if you're listening, um, and you've just tuned in, we we did a, a beautiful podcast on why couples fight, and this was one of the things that you mentioned that, and I remember now that conflict is not is not bad; it's how we fight. You know? So
1: yes, so definitely Liam and Amanda are going to have practice. There'll be lots mm-hmm. of practice to <laughs> to fight nicely. <laughs> and then I also think, that apart from the conflict, what? If we look at the individuals, so behind, behind the conflict is, is Liam who is feeling and Amanda who is feeling, and it is an opportunity for us to get to know ourselves better because now we've actually got time and space and we've got more opportunity because we are actually being more triggered and we can't just run away to work. So if Liam wakes up and he's a bit irritated with Amanda, under normal circumstances, he'll go to work and when he gets back in 10 hours' time, he would have actually forgotten about it and he'll love her again. (laughs) Now he's not going to be able to get away. So now Mm -hmm. he's got to explore what he's feeling, why he's feeling it, get to know himself better, and then hopefully be able to open up to Amanda a bit more about his feelings and be able to describe his inner world to her in a way that there isn't normally an opportunity to do.
0: I love how you say how lockdown has created this opportunity to practice our conflict and how we're going to do it, but also I'm so interested in... Understanding our spouses differently to what we know them as because the situation's different. So we're in lockdown. You're seeing things about your partner and about your children that you don't often see. Uh, you see emotions or even triggers. I mean, there's a few triggers in my own relationship that I have seen for the first time this past month and a half that I have never experienced. And uh-huh. it's because the situation is different. Does one judge that? I mean, what what do you do when within yourself you become irritated now to things that you aren't normally irritated by, or you recognize a new, I've never seen my partner scared ever. And uh-huh. I've seen him fearful this past month and a half. And my children, I have never seen them this relaxed. <laughs> they, they, they are eating and playing and riding bikes around the house and it's almost nice to see them in lockdown because they are free.
1: Look, I think that's an important point um, with regard to children. And I, I do believe this, that our society places way too much stress and expectation on the children. And for them in this situation to have this less stressed environment, you probably are seeing more relaxed children, definitely. In terms of noticing these different aspects about each other, I do believe that it is very helpful. You're almost picking up on faculties. So normally we miss the faculties. And now you're picking up on subtleties. But I think you're also naming something that's very real is that this is a difficult situation. This has never happened to us. Nobody's got living memory of this. It is a difficult situation. It is scary. We don't know what's going to happen, particularly if we are vulnerable ourselves due to health conditions, or we know people who are vulnerable. There's a real fear out there for people. We don't know where it's going. We don't know what's going to happen. And we've had to experience a lot of changing and a lot of adapting, which we know is not easy for us as human beings. So I think it's a circumstance that's probably bringing emotions to the fore that we don't normally see and that we don't normally experience.
0: I wanna go back to this imaginary character that we've created and I'm looking at Amanda only because I can recognize some of myself within her. Mm. Having this control and having the loving family at home, not being able to get enough because you're enjoying uh, the family around you and it doesn't get too much. Going back to work and getting out of lockdown to get back into a normal life how does one how does one wean your partner i mean do you i think amanda's going to struggle
1: absolutely i understand and this is probably true the people that are enjoying lockdown are going to have a difficult transition going back into regular life she's going to potentially feel feelings of separation and her old fears will come up and they might even come back Stronger because she hasn't been used to having to handle them. The idea of fitness sometimes comes to my mind is that we almost have to get fit again for being separate she's going to have to get fit again for being separate, if I can put it that way. I had thought that whether it is Liam now having to deal with, with difficult feelings that are coming up for him now or Amanda when we go back, I think the ownership of emotion is very important. So this is a feeling coming up for me and it's my feeling. The more we can own it and not go outwards, in other words, not blame the external or our spouse, but own the feeling. This is my feeling and I'm going to work with it. I think that would be step number one, to sort of be able to notice it and own it. And then, obviously, to name it, I don't think there's any harm in her beginning to dialogue sooner rather than later with herself and also with Liam about her fears about going back. Because it wouldn't surprise me that people that are having a great time now are actually scared about going back to work.
0: Mm. I want to talk soon about children and sending them back into the world as we used to know it. But I want to stay with Amanda and Liam quickly. So our characters, the, the one who is uh, the spouse who could regulate, he almost seems a little bit more robust. Like he could go back into the working force and he'd almost be okay. Whereas Amanda, who's having a fun time in lockdown now, who loves her family and her spouse close, is the one who's dealing with being scared, concerned, fearful about lockdown being uh, relaxed or being over. I want to just quickly stay with that. You said something important that made me pay attention. You said Uh we must notice the feelings now. Let's say we have all those feelings now. So let's say, yes, we're enjoying lockdown, but we're also scared. We're concerned. I'm loving the time, but sometimes I do think is this my new normal? So I, I have concerns around um, whether it's going to stay like this for a long time. What do you do when all of those feelings come up? Other than being scared of it or noticing it, what can one do practically in order to, to make it better?
1: So I think what I'm hearing is that sense that it's impossible for people to not picture what's going to happen. So that's we do know that staying with the present and working with what's coming up now is helpful, but then naturally you imagine going back to the office. And I'm hearing that that's what you imagining people will start being concerned about. Mm-hmm. I think to notice the feelings, now to create space for conversation. So it will be making time for what I often term the level three conversation, which is where you're talking about yourselves and your experience. So It's not talking about the external, it's not problem solving, it's not talking about the children. So firstly, I think Amanda needs to speak to Liam, but she can't speak to Liam just as a passing comment. It has to almost like draw his attention and say, can we have a meeting? There's something that's been bothering me I want to talk about. So we first have to say that this is going to be an important conversation. And then I think it's to to first get Liam to understand what's going on for her and to understand her fears, because just that sense of being able to... Put it on the table and have it acknowledged and heard. I think it's going to help her a lot. And then to just start as a couple, what I would say, they will need to almost be a bridge. You can't just go straight back into normal life. We need to have a bridge, then perhaps even to have a little bit of a, a ritual, and we can call it the lockdown ritual, right. where there are times in the in the week where naturally they go back to this lockdown space where everybody's at home and we're doing our normal things. So life is, know it for most people was very busy and there mm-hmm. would be very little time to just be together. And maybe what Amanda would benefit from is the reassurance that firstly Liam understands and then secondly, that there will be these opportunities and pockets of time when we all go back to normal life, where we will be able to experience togetherness. Just the reassurance of knowing that there will be together times would be helpful. Mm.
0: I love how you say you have to point his attention to the fact that this is a meeting and that it's an important one because we're going to talk about feelings now. So you're almost almost naming this meeting and saying, okay, this is a meeting about feelings. Mm. It's not Mm. like I need, I don't need cash. I don't need 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 you to
1: to do the dishes. (laughs)
0: uh in a meeting like that where you are the one that is called the meeting right so let's say amanda has called the meeting do you in return ask the liam about his feelings as well is that the right opportunity to or do you say we have a new meeting later on and then we discuss your feelings because this is my this is my meeting my feelings this is not for you (laughs) we're only talking about me right now I think it is helpful as you
1: describe it, particularly because feelings are difficult to speak about. It is helpful to create that space for one at a time. It might be a separate meeting or at least it will be. It needs to be defined as a separate part of the conversation. You know, I, can we just focus on, on my struggle and then I want to hear about what's happening for you. But that has to be a separate conversation. I agree with you. I think it is just easier to manage intense emotion if it's one person at a time.
0: I enjoy the the conversation about feelings and emotions. How does one stay, how does one not judge what you're feeling? You know, I always say social media is one of the things that doesn't make it easier for us to not judge how we're doing things or how we're feeling, you know. Oh, look, but they're not feeling trapped. I saw that they are playing games and they're having activities at home or it might be easier for my girlfriend sue to, to go back to uh, work and to oh. to just integrate you know how does one not judge what you're feeling the anxiety the the fear um sometimes loving sometimes concerned
1: yes i think you you're naming something that probably is very common for a lot of people and i would put i think we know let's just start with this principle that feelings are not good or bad behavior can be good or bad So it's not bad to have a jealous feeling, but it probably isn't very helpful for your relationship with your girlfriend if you have a jealous rant. Or a bitchy comment Mm -hmm. that comes from a jealous feeling can damage the relationship. So a bitchy comment we can say is not helpful for the relationship, and therefore we might be able to say that wasn't good. The jealous feeling itself is neither good nor bad. So I think the feelings aren't good or bad, but the behavior is maybe different. The other thing that we need to watch out for is what we can call as the inner commentary. So we all have in our heads a bit of a critical commentary. So it's that part of us that has... That's almost trying to control us, the authority figure in our head. Some people know it as the inner critic. Some people will know it as like the corrective parent because we've grown up with our parents correcting us and criticizing us and trying to so-called tame us. I don't know if you've ever Mm. come across a book, but there's this book called Taming Toddlers. Mm. And there's a sense that part of our role as parents is to control our children's behavior. So we do sometimes become quite not just the parents, but the school system as well, quite corrective Mm. and controlling. And then we have this internal voice that we then carry with us forever. And it's that little chirping voice on our shoulder. Well, bad person, you shouldn't have said that. Why did you say that? You're not Mm. a nice person. (laughs) Nice people don't feel jealous, you know. Mm. I think it's just to normalize that we all have this critical dialogue. I sometimes say it's almost like the little gremlin that sits on our shoulder. Right. And that will give us The critical view. Um, I think it's just to normalize that that's just a part of us and to understand where it comes from, but it isn't us. It's just a commentary. It's like a narrative. It's a narrative that gets activated and then it just rolls. Sure. But the picture's much bigger than that. We are much bigger than that. That is just a part of us. So we can have jealous little girl, then we can have inner critic who goes off a jealous little girl. But then we can also have this, the bigger person, which we can say is almost the healthy adult, that will say, okay, well, it's normal to feel jealous. When we see a picture on social media of the perfect happy family playing games, mm. it's normal to feel jealous. Or it's normal to feel sad because we don't have that. It's normal to feel left out, for example. These are normal, normal, vulnerable feelings. And then it's also normal to judge that, to have judging feelings.
0: I like the healthy adult.
1: That voice. <laughs> we all have a healthy adult and we're all trying to develop a healthy adult.
0: I like and the healthy adult voice that just
1: has it all together. Exactly. And sometimes healthy adult goes for a nap and there's no healthy adult inside. And then you have to wake it up and say, please, where are you?
0: Come back. Come back. I'm enjoying understanding that emotions and feelings are not bad. It's so valuable to me because You can't stop a feeling of being scared or or being unsure or not feeling in control, you know, when and I want to move to this, especially I mean, the children will go back to school eventually and mine are at home at least for another month or so even though it's great having them at home now and seeing how even our relationship has changed and how bonding with mom has been incredible. I mean, I've never read so many stories in my life and I've been building puzzles and I've left the washing for 3 days which is a very long time for me. I've <laughs> watching for 3 days so that I can take my time in making braids for the hair and so it's really been valuable for me being in lockdown with my children because we got to we got to spend time together. Oh. But the idea of sending them back to school and I'm thinking of the Amanda character and I'm thinking of me. I'm thinking that the Liam character will go, "Yes, yeah, send them back. They're going to be oh. just fine. Kids are resilient. Big push." Ha. Bye. Um, See you later. Yeah. And, and I love what you said earlier about building a bridge, you know, that that we almost going to even if lockdown is over, stay with this bridge of let's let's have a lockdown someday still so that we still have that family environment and feed our vulnerability of just going back into the world and being of service. Uh, And I'm wondering, is there a bridge like that for children instead of like lockdown finishing and us just doing a school run and dropping them off with a lunchbox?
1: Yes, and I think we're going to have to create that bridge because the system won't. I think there'll be a time when we have to send our children back and then there'll be an expectation that the normal school day continues. We're not going to be have... We're not going to have half school days, if you know what I'm trying to say. Right. Or school on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday. There's not going to be a It's a great idea, that. though. Or how about a, a, three day week, a three day week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a nice long weekend for everybody? <laughs> I don't think employers are going to like that, or school systems. Mm-hmm. They're going to go back to Monday to Friday, the normal thing, which is tough compared to what we're having now. I think it is this idea of a soft nest and a firm hand. So children need both. And as you say, that sort of be resilient, get out there, be tough. And at the moment, they're getting a lot of the softness. Mm. So I think naturally children are going to need to have the softness, not just ripped away in one day. And it's going to be for us as parents to try and keep that softness around them to perhaps slow down and not do extramurals, for example, if that's possible. That's not always possible because Mm -hmm. sometimes parents have to go back to work. But we can cut back on extramurals, but definitely cut back on some of the busyness that I would say is not necessary. So Mm -hmm. our weekend activities, our evening activities, and maybe to have some almost nesting rituals where the little games that they like and enjoy now can be turned into almost games. Let's play that game because Mm -hmm. that game is going to almost be symbolic of that nurturing lockdown time, the symbolic of togetherness. So, for example, yes, maybe doing your hair more often, that needs to be something that happens in a way that it didn't before. So in the evenings, to actually set time aside for Mm playtime with mom, and maybe before it was there, but not in a structured way. So I think sort of structured times where we specifically do those games that we did in lockdown and we do that afterwards, I think will be helpful.
0: As you're speaking that, I'm just thinking of all the things that before lockdown I never had an opportunity to do. I mean we have two sides to the house that can open. So, you know, like a gate that opens. And so the gates are usually closed. And we've opened them and my daughters are riding their little bikes around the house. And it's the the first time that we've done this but they've become so good at riding bikes because it's been the longest that they've been on their bikes and Uh, i just thought that that's the one thing that i want to carry on with i want them to ride their bikes every day like they have been this past month and a half or or even the fact that i haven't rewarded my children a lot before like rewards were were very few and uh, now during uh, lockdown um if you built a puzzle or Like this morning or if you've done something i mean she's she started helping with the dishes now so i make her wash all the plastic you know so she and then there's a little reward now for that and and that's something that i want to do more of i want to do a little bit more and the rewards are small i mean they get a Uh yellow sweetie or they get to eat a chocolate biscuit with mommy they call it a chocolate cookie so Uh you know so Uh it's almost like lockdown has taught me how to have a compassionate attitude even towards my children something that I didn't necessarily have before. Is compassion, is that weak? Do we become tough eventually when lockdown is over and become strict again and call it our new normal again?
1: It's interesting because you're speaking about this blend. So compassion would be part of the vulnerable um, set of emotions where where we feel for other people and being kind and being gentle and patient and soft. And on the other hand, there's tough now we know that children need both and we actually all need both to cope in the world so amanda who has to go back to work in our story would probably have to find some tough armor she'll have to put her armor back on again Mm. so to speak and be tough this blend of almost if we can say the oyster that's got a hard outer covering and a soft inner self, so we've got the hard and the and the soft, But that is a blend that we're always going to need to notice, not just in ourselves, but also in the way we treat the children. Mm-hmm. And the children need both. They need those softer spaces and they need the tough parenting. I don't think one needs to be fearful. I think, well, when I say we don't need to be fearful, obviously, if the child is wrapped in too much cotton wool, they don't build resilience, we know that. The other extreme can also happen where there's too much toughness and then they don't have the capacity to go towards the vulnerable feelings and to be able to express some more of the sort of subtle, more vulnerable feelings. And I suppose maybe lockdown can be seen as a time to reset that a little bit because we want to get the balance between the two, very much like you see the seesaw in the playground where you put two children on a seesaw that are equally weighted and you can see how they have fun trying to get the balance, see if they can keep it up. And it's that sort of balance that we're trying to get between the hard and the soft when we are parenting or when we are treating ourselves or handing ourselves. We want to be kind to ourselves and we also want to be firm.
0: Earlier, when we talked about Amanda and Liam and their setup in our in our story, I really I can I can feel myself being familiar with that feeling of um, I don't even have enough words for it. It's it's a closeness, almost a clinginess. Is there a word like that, like attached, being attached to your partner? Is that uh-huh. is that something that we judge being attached to people and now having to let go after lockdown, or is attachment? positive I think attachment
1: is very positive but I think what you're highlighting is important and people would probably relate to it to some extent it's perhaps got something to do with parenting where as parents maybe we were corrected for displaying those needy feelings and so-called clingy needy is not viewed positively in society. It's almost like tough and big girl gets more affirmation. And so I think people have almost learned to judge it. I think the other thing is a fear around it, that if you start giving into those feelings and you have more and more, that it'll be insatiable needs. In other words, you'll just want more and more and more and more. And I don't think it happens like that, but I think people do have a fear of that. They fear that There will be no end to the need that will come out. And I also think, as you describe it, it is judged. But in reality, it's very normal and natural to want attachment. And I think it's very much part of um, relationships. So some people are people, people, and very relationally orientated and want connection. And they're part of, of belonging. And we need those people in our families. And being part of a family unit, you want somebody that has a strong feeling for connection and wants feeling. So they're the people that are the glue that draw people in and keep people together. I think it's a very important quality and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's to be judged or viewed as, as wrong or bad.
0: One of the things that you have explored extensively is this notion of mindfulness and how we don't need to judge emotions, you know, whether it is the feeling of attachment or the anxiety that we spoke about earlier or what are some of the things that we can do to help us cope with all these emotions that we're feeling, whether it is the loving ones during lockdown, or perhaps like in the Liam character, the, the frustration and the way not to be able to regulate. And how can we cope with all these emotions that we are feeling?
1: Yes, I think we could probably look at a few few tips if we could put it that way. I think mindful of emotion is a helpful um, is definitely a, a helpful structure that we can work with. If we take our Liam character for example, so he's going to be struggling at the moment, so that means that difficult feelings are going to be coming up for him. Mindfulness is going to help Liam become more aware, so that he can make better choices. If he's less reactive and he can respond rather than react to the people around him, I think it would probably help him as a person, but also just help the people that he cares for around himself. So I think firstly, it's, as we said, to to notice the feeling and to own it. This is my feeling. If, for example, he's trying to work and his son comes racing in and tries to catch the cat underneath his feet, he might find himself getting irritated. If he was being reactive, he would probably snap at his child and shout at him, what are you doing here? I'm trying to work. Get away. That sort Mm. of snap. If we say he can own the feeling, right, I'm feeling angry, I'm irritated, just that moment of being able to notice and name the feeling I think is already a helpful thing. Then to not judge it. It's not a bad, it's not good, I'm just feeling angry. It is helpful also to create a bit of space to explore, to be curious, notice the feeling, and to perhaps ask yourself, is there only anger here or are there other feelings? What's behind the feeling? behind his anger maybe could be related to maybe difficult feelings or vulnerable feelings that he's having as he's trying to work. So for example, if we can say a character like Liam, he's normally out about talking to people. Now he's maybe expected to write his ideas down instead of talk them. And maybe he's not very confident with writing. Maybe he feels quite insecure when it comes to putting sentences together because he finds it far easier to talk to people, not write emails to people. And so maybe he's having fearful feelings of being inadequate and maybe he's sitting there feeling anxious maybe about his parents and he can't help his parents, but his parents are vulnerable and he could be troubled by that. So the irritation is just the surface feeling. It's the secondary feeling. The primary feeling could be fear or insecurity. So it is helpful to explore the feelings and to know that feelings are often have got layers and are more complicated. And if we can start getting to the root, vulnerable or primary feelings, it often dissipates the energy of the feeling. Mindfulness will help us to not judge, but it will also help us to be curious about the feeling and to really explore and Pack the feeling. And then, as you said earlier, that idea of compassion and to be kind to ourselves. So it's to be kind, obviously, to the people around us, but for Liam to be a little bit kind to himself. It's normal for a person who's um, usually at work and out and about to now be struggling. Or it's normal to be worried about those people we care about who are in vulnerable situations. And to be nurturing about it. How does he look after himself with that? Maybe he needs to phone his parents more often. Maybe he needs to talk to Amanda about his worries. Maybe he needs to try and describe to the children that when he's working, it's hard for him and he's scared that the boss is going to get, you know, that he's going to get into trouble. So he's sitting here working hard and he just got a fright mm. when his son came in so quickly to catch the cat under his feet. You know, so maybe a bit more emotional openness might help Liam to feel more understood by the people around him and to understand himself better. And all of those would be ways of working differently with these emotions that are coming up for him. But possibly what I could do, because this has been quite a quick description of how Liam can work differently, I would be happy to to write it out. There's sort of four steps that I always keep in my mind when I'm looking at emotions and being mindful of emotions.
0: Wonderful. Okay, so we can post that article on our, on our blog on, on babybrunch.ca. Yes, yes, okay. that
1: might be helpful.
0: So Thank I will you. pass that on to you. Okay, so we're talking mindfulness of emotion, all these things, and poor Liam um, yeah even even I feel for the guy and all it was was a cat you know so, <laughs> Janine we've touched on so many valuable ideas and themes and feelings and emotions and relationship and our children I can't help but but ask you as as someone who understands emotions and feelings are we going to be scarred for life you know is is lockdown going to be something that years on we will still see that we are struggling with? Uh, being alone or being at home, you know, you realize that you're home for the weekend and immediately become anxious, like, Ooh, not in lockdown again. You know, we need to pack a car, go away for the weekend because not, not a lockdown, not another one, you know, is it, is it something that's going to stay with us for a long time? Are we scarred?
1: I think realistically it is going to stay with people and different aspects. So even as as you say, not another lockdown, I kind of thought of Liam, maybe he will be traumatized. <laughs> no, please don't lock me up with this lot again. So possibly he will get find himself getting a bit anxious. But I think naturally and particularly because we're still at the beginning of the virus in South Africa, I think it is going to be a difficult thing for us to get it over, so to speak, and it will be with us, even if it is just next year when flu comes around again, are people going to be worried that we're going to go into lockdown? And, of course, lockdown has created... A lot of devastation to people's businesses, which I think is very traumatizing from an income point of view for for certain people. We know that. And then going back to work, I have a friend who's a manager, and he says he just doesn't know how he's going to get his staff back, particularly those who are effectively working from home. Mm. He imagines they're not going to want to fight the traffic and come back to the office. So they will be struggling. They're going to want to rather work at home. They've had this experience now of working at home. Actually, I would prefer to work at home. Leave (laughs) me. Let me stay at home. Don't make me go back. To the office. I'm putting my hand up right here. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's actually going to be with many people in different ways mm-hmm. way beyond when so-called the lockdown is over.
0: Janine, your time is valuable and we appreciate uh, you unpacking feelings, emotions, relationships and even our young ones who, you know, they say build a bridge and get over it. We're going to build a bridge and, and keep going and we really appreciate your, your input today. Also, the article that Janine Bull has spoken about, uh, we can't wait to see it, Mindfulness of Emotions and uh, that written work will be live on babybrunch.co.za Janine, thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. Good to be chatting. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. Choose FedHealth for trusted medical aid cover that gives you choice, flexibility and control. And that will be with you through every stage of your family's unique journey. FedHealth. We let you be you.